0: I remember loving scavenger hunts when I was a kid. Maybe even now when I'm a big kid. But there was something about being given a clue and then racing off to see if you could find the next one. When our kids were little, we would set up scavenger hunts around the house with simple clues. You'll find clue number two in the place where you put on your shoes things like that. As they got older, we would make the hints much more ambiguous. The next clue can be found when you're standing on solid ground, leaving them to puzzle over its meaning while they ventured off. I remember one birthday party in particular when the guests were old enough to have a scavenger hunt all around town. I thought we had made it far too difficult, and it was an incredibly hot day. But once the group had begun, no one wanted to stop until they had completed the entire hunt. Watching them from a distance, you could easily see when they found a clue. The whole group would crowd in together, positioning themselves so that they could hear the next clue then repeating that phrase over and over as they ventured out. A simple line that would guide the next stage of the game. A phrase that would steer their line of vision and shape the process ahead. Repeating those words over and over again as they set out on the next step of their path. Jesus was about to set out in a new stage of his life in the Gospel text that Cecilia just read for us. Today in worship, so far, we have already celebrated Epiphany, the arrival of the Magi who arrived to worship the newborn Christ and encounter the manifestation of the divine. We do not hear much in Scripture about the childhood and early life of Jesus. Most of the Gospel narratives move rather quickly from the birth of Jesus right on to another beginning in Jesus' life, the beginning of his ministry, which was marked by his baptism. And so now we turn our attention there today as well. John the Baptist, the cousin, friend, and preparer of the way of Jesus was instrumental in offering the gift of baptism to many people in the region. Crowds gathered, coming from far and wide to be washed in the renewing waters. And Jesus was one of them. Like so many others, Jesus took his place in line to be cleansed in the waters of new life to receive the gift of baptism. People puzzle over this sometimes. Why would Jesus, very God of very God, need to be baptized? Why be washed clean? Cleansed from what? Especially if, as we see earlier here in Luke chapter 3, John was describing this baptism as the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Why would Jesus need to partake in such a thing? But there's more than one way to look at baptism. And Jesus, fully God, yet fully human, may have stepped into the waters of baptism in solidarity with all of humankind. Fully entering our human condition, Jesus participated in the beautiful sign of God's renewing and redeeming love. But there could be even more ways to see this gift of baptism. Another of the lectionary texts given to us today is this passage that we read from Isaiah 43. It is a text that Jesus would have known. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Those very words could have been going through Jesus' mind as he approached the waters of baptism. The text from Isaiah is a rich poem with affirmations the people of Israel needed to hold on to while facing a difficult reality in Babylon. These were guiding phrases to shape their days, words to lead them as they looked ahead. Some point out that this poem from Isaiah takes something of a chiastic structure. That is, it starts with line A, B, and then C until it reaches a crescendo with the central point. You could call that line X, the one written in boldface and then goes back down in reverse order, touching on those same themes that were previously shared, but now doing so CBA. This shape of the text of this passage from Isaiah may convey a message within a message. That is the first lines lead up to the main point, the central message, the greatest word offered in the poem before going back down through the first points once again in reverse order. If you look back over that text from Isaiah, you might notice that there God says, I created you. Fear not, I am with you. I gave up everything for you. And then written in all capital letters, the central line, you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you. And then going back through in reverse, I gave up everything for you. Fear not, I am with you. I created you. And that central line in that poem, is the key phrase then as one passes through the waters, the central point of this text, the loudest statement of grace, I love you. It is a message that draws us right back to other waters, the waters of the baptism of Jesus, who as he went through that a body of water, heard a voice from heaven saying, You are my child, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. As Jesus was about to begin his ministry, he positioned himself in a place where he could hear this message, where he could receive this blessing, where he could be led by these words. We say that our sacraments are a visible sign of an invisible grace. God's abundant love was true and strong from the very beginning, but by stepping into the waters, receiving the baptism, receiving the gift of baptism, Jesus was able to engage his senses, feel the water on his skin, hear the very words of God's great love. Jesus' baptism was then for him an enactment of Isaiah 43 because he had positioned himself in a place where he could hear it, receive it, be immersed in the grace-filled love of God. The love that the Creator had for Jesus was boundless. And here is a more remarkable thing still. We claim that God has that same kind of love for each and every one of us. We claim that we are united with Christ. We are inextricably connected with Christ's pattern of dying and rising. We have such a deep communion with Christ as to be considered one with Christ. Romans 6 puts it this way, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. We live in this pattern of new life in Christ, and we are seen by God as one with Christ. Paul Tillich, the Christian thinker and writer, claims that an encounter with this kind of love from God goes beyond anything we can think, believe, or do. We must simply accept it. Sometimes a wave of light breaks into our darkness and it is as though a voice were saying, and these are the words penned by Tillich, You are accepted. You are accepted. Accepted by that which is greater than you, the name of which you do not know. Do not ask for the name now, perhaps you will find it later. Do not try to do anything now, perhaps later you will do much. Do not seek for anything, do not perform anything. Do not intend anything. Simply accept the fact that you are accepted. Friends, as Jesus was about to begin his ministry, he first stopped to be reminded of the depths of God's love. And as we stand right now toward the beginning of a new year, or a new task, a new job, a new iteration of the pandemic, perhaps, a new challenge, a new relationship, or simply even at the beginning of a new day, It may be that we need to hear these words as well. We may need, like Jesus, to position ourselves in a place where we can receive them, take them in, let our hearts and minds be immersed in the timeless truth of God's love. Allow our ears to hear the voice saying, you are my child, my beloved. You are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you." In our baptismal font, we have river stones, all in the central part of our font here. As you leave worship today, or if you are worshiping from home, I invite you to find a small stone today as well. If you would like to take a stone with you, let it be for you a reminder that you might be immersed in these words from God, that they might be guiding phrases for you, shaping the way that you look at the world, guiding the next steps on your path. Friends, this is God's message to you. You are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. You are my child, my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Thanks be to God. Amen.